message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Good morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, VBF. How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? Wow, there's more of you this service. Wow. Northwest Campus, good morning. How are you guys? I said Northwest. How dare you? It's all right. Wednesday night. Wednesday night's about par for the course. Northwest Campus, hope you guys are doing good. Uh, Anybody tuning in online at your home or wherever you're at, welcome. If you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. Do appreciate you uh, joining us. It's going to be a good morning. Amen? Can you look to the person to your left or to your right? Say good morning. If it's somebody you came with, you just cheated, because that's easy. It's easy. So um, yes, my name's Tom. Uh, I am the campus pastor at our Northwest campus, and it has been uh, um, quite the last uh, uh, few years, and it's been uh, really, really good. Northwest, you've been good to us, and uh, we've got, like Pastor uh, uh, J2 or Justin said, uh, we got Journey to Bethlehem happening this uh, uh, this Friday, this upcoming Friday, and it's going to be a good time to be out there, put a lot of love and stuff into that, and and um, it's our second time doing it. And uh, if you would, if you'd like to go to Bethlehem, you can join us this Friday. Uh, speaking of Bethlehem, we are in this, this idea of talking about the Christmas story. Pastor Ron, two weeks ago, he uh, opened this up by talking about um, uh, the innkeeper. And then last week, he talked about the wise men, uh, but this idea of looking at scripture and then looking at the circumstances that we are in. And so... I know a lot of you guys were really stoked on that, that kind of uh, up-to-date prophecy kind of stuff, and I'm not even going to touch it, okay? I'm going to leave that for the wisdom. I am, um, I, I'm here uh, this, this morning. We're going to talk about Mary, and before we do, just want to kind of give you guys a little bit of update on my life, because you know so much about me, I got to keep you up-to-date. Um, Christmas lights are not up. Everyone who just laughed judged. That's what it was. Like, oh, you're one of them. Uh, it's, not, it's not anything against it. It's just, it's just my wife and I, we have just been running around like crazy. And uh, so much so, the other night we were driving, it was like, we got to get those lights up. And we're like, yeah, we do. And that's how it ended. That was it. We didn't make plans, nothing. And uh, also, this year, we finally entered the arena of a fake Christmas tree. What, do you work for them? Is that what happened? I actually heard that's worse for the environment, and so I thought I was going to get booed, but I like to be transparent up here. So it is what it is. This is the world that we're living in. And it's also a perfect setup because I'm probably going to make some people mad. Um, In the context of this morning and in the context of the Christmas spirit, I don't like the song, Mary, Did You Know? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know I'm probably offending half of the people here, because, because to me, ladies and gentlemen, Mary, did you know? Absolutely she knew. The angel Gabriel, that's his whole gig. 
hey, Mary, got to let you know what's going to happen. So did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? She's all, yeah. <laughs> did you know? Save our sons and daughters. Yeah, it says you're, you're raising the savior of the world. So, uh, you know, I'm not attacking the writer of the song, um, but I, it would have benefited him to read scripture, I think. It would have been nice. Um, <laughs> But we are going to be talking about Mary uh, this morning and, um, and, and this idea of her and this, this, this raising of the Savior. And, you know, I've I instantly just got every man out of the room because you're, you're like, well, how's this going to pertain to me? I don't, I don't have to give birth. But I, I, I want to talk about not only this idea of raising a kid, but then the idea of God giving us a vision or giving us a goal or giving us a dream or something to aspire to be. Because I, I do think that we can benefit from looking at the life of Mary and look at it in our own life as to how we are literally entrusted with the same thing. Now, obviously, we're not entrusted with one kid to save the world or one idea to save the world. But with a room like this, and, and with those of you that are online, and those of you at the Northwest Campus, with, with us individually, if we were to impact the, the world in our group of people, our coworkers, if God's given you a vision to, to, to move to a new city, to give you a, a, a company, to create a new business, or a new opportunity for people to work, or, or come up with something that no one has ever thought of before, or maybe a different version of something that has already been thought of before, then that could be equivalent for us to be carrying out this vision, this goal, this thing that God has given us, similar to the way that Mary was spoken to and had to carry out for at least 33 years, this, this uh, savior of the world. And so if you would, this is where we're turning our attention to this morning. And uh, I do want to call it out right out the gate. Um, I felt like God spoke to me this morning just to, just to, maybe it's for everybody here, maybe it's for everybody online, everybody listening, or maybe it's for someone specifically. But um, I, I do feel like God wants us to know that there is an identity uh, uh, for us. And, and if we don't know who we are, if you do not know what your identity is, it is so easy for the enemy to come in and lie to you and tell you that you are less than, to tell you that you don't qualify. And so I just want to give that to you, whoever you are. If it's all of you, that's great. Because when I heard it, I was like, oh Lord, yes, that's for me. And he's like, no. Not necessarily, and God's word is good, and it, and it leaves, and it does not come back void. And so we are going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles with you, we are going to be turning into the New Testament here, chapter 1. We're going to be starting in verse 26. I would like to read to you this first um, um, part of, of Jesus' life. Uh, starting with his mother, and uh, we're in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, Even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is a very interesting group of verses here because we get to see a whole lot in just a short time. The angel Gabriel opens up uh, a lot of different um, backstory for who Mary was and, and how just in this interaction, she shows us some characteristics that maybe we have or maybe we need that will be something to help you in your relationship with God. And, and, and this morning, if you're a note taker, uh, I got a couple of points for you that if you would, you write them down and uh, this would be something that maybe throughout the Christmas season, you would begin to adopt into your own life or maybe just have it uh, as, a, as a reminder for you when, when times get tough. But we see, we see Mary here and why this is so important is because a few weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, Nicole shared a message about forgiveness and, for, and being forgiven. And the message was great, and it was, it was something that, uh, you know, we, we leave here and we, we remember it in, in vivid detail, but I, I remember the way that she ended it was with the story of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus is up there, and he's, as he's crucified, he, he then tells God, forgive them these people that have done this, these, the people that are involved in this, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And in that moment, you know, we, we read this story of Jesus and, and we read this story of Mary and, and how this whole interaction is supposed to begin. But then we fast forward and imagine being Mary at the cross. Imagine the one who's just been told to you, hey, you know, this is going to be the savior of the world. And, you know, I I don't know how you were when you found out that you were having your kid or whatever, but, you know, the optimism and the excitement and the jumping around and yes, a kid, yes, a kid, and yes, a kid. And uh, Mary's excitement in this and, and then, and then to fast forward in scripture and you see now that, 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 that this, this son of hers is now not only been beaten, mocked, parts of his beard pulled from his face. People are cussing at him. The entire city that just welcomed him is now against him. And the look in his eyes to her. Imagine as a parent seeing your son and, and knowing that this is, this is necessary And I'm not trying to like create like this emotional, everyone cry together and you know, now let's, but I mean, take this home and sit with this because this is something that is a reality for her. And how does a woman go from, from, from being excited and you know, God, yes, I'm going to do this thing to then God, I, I'm still going to do this thing. Cause if it was me, oh man, I've already thought about the day that a boy breaks my girl's, my little girl's heart. I will find him where he lives. And that's not even equivalent to what Mary had to go through. 
And this is something that, that there's just something that happens. And, and for Mary to still, you know, be understanding that this is, this is what God has said will happen. And so for us, when we are given these, these dreams and these goals, and, you know, uh, I used to be the high school pastor here for the longest time. And one of the things that hurt me the most with these kids is, you know, these, these kids, they're kids and they're going after, after their ambitions and the things that make them happy. And then they graduate high school and then they, and then they, 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 they grow up, apparently. And these kids who used to be a part of this club and it made them, you saw them smile and you saw them have so much fun. Well, well now you gotta grow up and you gotta put away these childish things of, the, of, the, of whatever it was that make you happy. You gotta settle for a nine to five job behind a desk or, or you have to fit this mold and you know, stop being creative. And that's been the hardest thing for me in seeing us grow up, seeing all of us as we were you know, transitioning in because those things are given to us by God. Those goals, those aspirations, those dreams, those talents, those giftings have been given to us by God. And with that, whoever you are, I want to look at how with what Mary did with Jesus, we can do that not only with our own kids, but with the goals and the talents and the dreams that God has given us. And so the first point, if you're a note taker, that we see that happens with Mary, she is given a vision from God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if everybody struggles with this. I'm really insecure and emotional, so I struggled with it. I needed to know from the Lord if I was going to be married in my life or not. I needed to know. I wasn't going to be one of those Christians that just dated and dated and dated and dated and dated. And once the, the well was dry, I settled down. I remember sitting before God and I, it took me five minutes, had my Bible in front of me. I was like, Lord, you are going to tell me, am I going to be married one day? It doesn't, I'm not asking for a time frame. You just tell me, am I going to be married? Am I going? And I prayed 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 and I prayed. And then finally it was like, all right, I'm about to open this Bible up. Ooh, he's going to talk to me. Here we go. And I'm about to either be single for the rest of my life or I am not. And then the verse that God gave me was, two is better than one. And I said, hallelujah. <laughs> I said, thank you, Lord. And, uh, but it, it's, it's in that, you know, that with every failed relationship, it was like, peace, doesn't matter. It clearly wasn't you. Uh, someone's coming because God said two is better than one. And so it, it's this, when you have a rhema, when you have a word from God, it can sustain you when times get difficult. Because imagine being Mary, okay? Now, I grew up Catholic. Um, so it was always the title of Mary was the Virgin Mary, okay? It was Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary. And then I read in the book of Mark, chapter six, that they're talking about Jesus and they go, hey, isn't that Mary's son, the carpenter, the, the carpenter's son? And they start giving a list of Jesus's brothers and then they go, and, and aren't these his sisters? I'm not a smart man, but I know how babies are made, okay? <laughs> so it was not Virgin Mary, because what we got to do is we read scripture and then we look, like, like Pastor Ron was saying last week, we read scripture. And so this idea of like, we got to look outside the box from time to time when we read scripture. Just because Jesus was the son of God doesn't mean that Mary didn't have to change his diaper. 
Just because Jesus was the son of God doesn't mean that he didn't throw temper tantrums. We think that he just kind of like walked around, peace sign with a lamb in his hand 24 seven. And he's like, mom, I gotta go and pray. Like, you're fresh out the womb, baby Jesus. How do you know how to do any of this? Cause I'm the son of God. That's right, thank you, I'll see you later. Like, Jesus still burped. Jesus still had to be taught, uh, you know, uh, how to speak. Jesus had to, you know, be taught these manners and taught these things. And how do we think that, that Mary was able to sustain this when the times got rough? Because you know there were certain days where Joseph walked in from being a carpenter and Mary was like, you deal with him. I got to go over here. Jesus has been driving me crazy all day. <laughs> because we can't just think that just because he's Jesus that he never had the, Mary needed to be like, <laughs> I just thought of something, I don't know if I can say it. But you know that she had to remind herself like, oh, I wanna use the spoon on him so bad, but he's God, so I can't do that. But because it was not, she needed to have something that would sustain her when the times got difficult. And the same with you and I. For those of you that have kids, do you know that what God has done for you is he says, these, I trust you to raise them. Oh, so just keep them alive? No. <laughs> no. You are supposed to train them, raise them up in the way that they should go. Bring them to church, teach them to pray, get them a Bible, pray for their future friends, pray for their future coaches, pray for their future teachers, pray for your future in-laws. Yeah, that one sucks. Yes, it's rough. But these are the things that we need to be thoughtful over. If God has given you a, a place of employment, you need to be praying. You're not there so you can just make money. You are there because God says these people around you need me and I'm gonna use you to do it. But I know, I know what happens. We, we get so overwhelmed with our inadequacies. We get so overwhelmed with, ah, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. There's something about you that God says you are the only one to do this. How special and humbling that is because we don't see ourselves like that. And that's another thing that I want to look at too. Point number two, Mary had favor. Luke chapter one, verse 30, it says, the angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That word is the same word used in Ephesians chapter one, starting in verse six. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us in or predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace with which he favored us in the beloved. So he sees Mary and he says, there's something special about you. And then fast forward and God says the same thing about us. 
that there is something special about you and his relationship. And, and I couldn't help but think like, you know, I've got two kids and, and, and man, kids just want to do exactly what you do. I remember one time I was standing like this up against something, I kind of leaned up against something and my little two-year-old daughter, she just stands like right up next to me. She does this. No, she did this. And it was just like, you don't even know why you're doing that. You're just doing it because you see me do it. And then I'll be on my computer doing some stuff and then, you know, I walk away from it and my son gets on the computer and he just starts pushing his fingers around, pushing his fingers around. Like, son, you're not even doing anything. But no, he's trying to be like dad. And I can't help but think that God saw Mary's character and saw Joseph's character and said, I want some of your characteristics to rub off on my son. I want some of how you act and how you behave. I want my son to adopt some of those. And in the same context, God looks at us and says, I want your characteristics to rub off on your kids or your employees, or if you're starting a company or if you're on a team, I want some of your characteristics to rub off on the people around you because people need to be a, 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 or see a glimpse of who it is that you are and what a life with God could look like. Because there is so much, we all live our lives differently. We all do life differently. And that's the beauty of it. We're not supposed to all look the exact same. We're not all supposed to perform the exact same. And I see this, and, and, and you and I, we have favor in the eyes of God. Maybe some of us in here, you walk in and, and you maybe think about what you did last night, or you think about the intentions that you have in your mind. God sees all of those. And I can only speak for myself, and I just come before God sometimes, and I'm like, wait, you're still here? You know who I am though, right? You know sometimes the desires of my heart are not always for you. I mean, man, stuff happens and I can very quickly, like I wish that my knee jerk reaction when my kids get hurt by somebody or somebody says something, I wish I didn't like tense up and try to take matters into my own hands. I wish that that was my knee jerk. I wish that I had holy water with me and every time a kid did something against my kid, I just like, you know, just throw some water at him. I wish that that was a, a, a real impulse of mine, but it's not. I wish that I could tell you that my relationship with my wife, well, you guys, we never argue. We see, we see life the same and man, we get along. Blood pressure never goes up. We, we never just get quiet and not want to be around each other. But it's just not the case. And I still, I'll come before God and God's still there. And I'm like, ah. Oh. But, you know, but you know what the most important part is though? It's when you are also the one that is there. Because sometimes we just, we'll talk ourselves out of even walking into a place like this. For those of you that are online, you know, tuning in from your home, just the very fact that you're turning this on, to, this is a start in the right direction. Because if the devil can keep you from doing this, if he can keep you away from the word, if he can keep you away from a message, if he can keep you away from an opportunity to, to, to pray, then he wins. That's all that he wants. 
He just wants you to not be here. Because the more that he can do that, then the more he'll get in and eventually he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to kill you. He just needs to keep you away from God. That's it. But if we are reminded daily that God's mercies are new every single morning, I'm here to ask you the question, did you know? Because the same way that Mary, like, Mary, did you know that this is who Jesus was? Did you know you were really signing up for all of this? Did you know that you were going to be going through all of this? Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that the way that God sees you is he is proud of you? that he is in love with you. And, and, and that's something that, you know, I, I try to make sure that I tell my kids, even when they've done nothing, they've just woken up, I'm proud of you. Oh, even adults in this room, if you had another, like, you know, somebody that you cared about tell you, hey, I'm just proud of you. You'd probably melt right then and there. Men would be weeping in the aisles. It's just, it's because ultimately that is what we're, we're searching for. And so because we don't get it, because sometimes we'll stay too far away from God or we start to build up the character of who God is, we go, there's no way. I have to jump through hoops to get to God. That's not the, that's not the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where we've learned that, probably similar to me, where I just, you know, I kind of heard that, 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 that it was the Virgin Mary for so long. You just kind of believe it. You, you kind of think that, oh, Jesus was born in December. Uh, he wasn't, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. He just wasn't. Um, um, the, the Pastor Ron talked about it, that the, the three wise men, there are probably more wise men. We just only think that there's three because of the, of the presents that were brought. Um, and, and so over time, we just kind of, we kind of build this stuff up, but it's never based in, in scripture. But what is based in scripture is that God is for us. So much so that he would send his son to prove that he is for us, that Jesus would be an advocate for us. The third point that I want to bring up is that Mary followed through. Um, I'm a man. So I don't know about the nine-month experience firsthand. But can you imagine if after the nine months, the delivery, and Mary was like, sweet, it's done. All right, God, well, take care of them. Because it, it, it really, if we can expand on the way that the savior of the world was brought. How I would do it is there would be this loud sound from the sky that would draw our attention. We would all look up and there he would be, the savior of the world. And he would come down and he'd be like, yes, I am here, the Messiah. And that would help us. Oh, cool, that makes sense. He flies, like this works. This is a Messiah to me. But that's not how God does it. Why do it like this? Because if you think about the reputation that Jesus had when walking around, the looks that he got, how Mary was treated, how Joseph was thought of, this is such a rough start, but yet they followed through. They still endured through all of the, of the, of the, of the, 
I don't want to say crapola, but that's the only thing that comes to my mind because apparently it's, it's scripture. Um, Pastor Ron, just in my head right here. It's, it's Greek, I guess. So, but that, all of the stuff that they had to endure, the names that, that were, be, I mean, being a kid is hard enough. Can you imagine like, oh yeah, your mom got pregnant by God. Like you're that kid. Like God, why did you do it this way? Because sometimes a miracle, the way that God's going to do things doesn't fit the mold of the world. Sometimes you are going to have to go through stuff like you've got kids that might have fallen away and you're like, I don't know where God's at. I've been faithful that he grew up in church. She grew up in church. I don't know where God's at in this. God is still there. It just doesn't look the way that you thought it was going to. Well, my company's not performing. I, I've been doing this and this person stabbed me in the back and it looks like this. I know it doesn't, it, it's not going the way that you thought it was supposed to. I went to college. I did all the things right. You know, now I'm in debt and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. I thought God wanted me to. It, it, it's, it's, it's just a little bit of a process, but follow through. Mary going through the, the, the little kid stage, the toddler stage, the teenage stage, going through this lifestyle, the 20s where he thinks he has life figured out. And then, and then all of a sudden, then for him to finally, re, and then he comes onto the scene at 30 years old. And still Mary was a mother to him. They go to a wedding together. She tells him to make wine. Still, at the feet of Jesus when he's being crucified. She didn't stop being a mom. Sure, he's a grown man, but parents, you don't just stop because they reached legal age. You don't stop caring. You don't stop praying for him. And then even more so, she watches her son die and still she shows up at the tomb. And not just the tomb, but then she's in the room with the other disciples as they're praying in Acts 1. She never stopped being a mother. She followed through. And I wonder, with everyone under the sound of my voice, what would life look like if you followed through with what God gave you? What is life gonna look like now that you, whatever it was that God has spoken to you, that you kind of let go, what is life gonna look like when you pick it back up? Maybe you kind of, yeah, my kid's out of the house now, so I stopped praying for them, or, or yeah, God gave me this vision, and I, you know, maybe I missed the mark, and so now, they're, now it's a little too late, the market's different, and so whatever. But what if you picked it back up and said, all right, Lord, you gave this to me. And I am going to treat it as though you gave it to me. And I'm going to nurture it. And I'm going to make this thing successful to the best of my ability. And I look around this room and we've got all kinds of ages. And I don't, you know, truthfully, I don't want to be up here. I really don't. Because they say, you know, new levels, new devils and all that stuff. I mean, I think there's only one devil, but I guess more it's spirits or whatever. I got the armor of God, so I'm not, I don't like to give the devil too much credit. But, you know, this idea of like judgment or, you know, this idea of, I mean, I'm on the internet, so that's fun. Um, 
But this whole idea, like I don't, I, I don't want to be up here and tell people what to do. Like that's so wrong. But when given the opportunity, I go before God and I say, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And this is the message that God has just been beating me with. This is what they need to know. This is what I want to communicate to them. Regardless of, of whether you're 10 years old or 110, this is the message that, that, that your prayers accomplish much, that God is still for you, that he wants to do amazing things in your life. Like there is a purpose to you. And even if you're thinking, well, I'm just, you know, so-and-so's parent. Yes and no. God has given you those kids, yes. But your life, there is still purpose to your life. Some of you might just need to be sharing your information. And I'm not even talking about like TikTok. I'm not talking about Instagram. Now you're a parent influencer. Like we need more of those. I'm talking about just the people that you're around. I'm talking about those in your sphere of influence that maybe they just, they don't know how to raise their kids. They don't know how to be good husbands or wives. They don't know how to host a Bible study. They don't know how to open up their home. They don't know how to serve in the church. They don't know how to start a Bible study in their classroom. They don't know how to do things where the light of Jesus Christ is shown through them to the other people around them. But if you do, you can help them. I want to share with you a verse that comes from 1 Corinthians because this applies to me. Maybe it applies to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 27 says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the insignificant things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no human may boast before God. But it is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord." It's not easy to be in a place like this and, you know, now it's like, let's go take on the world. Let's do it. But if we look back at Mary and it's just little by little, she believed. God said that I will have a son and it'll be Jesus and it'll be the savior of the world. Well, after a few weeks, all of a sudden, her stomach starts to show. And just little by little, and little by little, and day by day, she, she just did the best that she could, she could at being a, a mother to Jesus. Maybe you're like me and you're like trying to plan out this, okay, how old is he gonna be? And how old do I need to be if I'm gonna do this? And I need to set up this and I need you know, retirement and all these different things. And is he ever gonna get married? Am I going to a wedding? Am I gonna be? And you start thinking about all these things and God just goes, hey, 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 hey. It's not all that. Just take it day by day. Do the best that you can today. And then when tomorrow comes, we'll deal with it then. Because right now, I have the privilege of taking care of my wife, 
my daughter, and my son. And doing the best that I can to show them what a godly husband and father looks like. They can attest, it's not 24-7 that I nail it. I've had to apologize a lot. But just day by day being better than I was before. And then what will happen over time, you won't recognize yourself. You'll try to watch one of those old movies that used to make you laugh. And you're like, ugh. I don't like that. Someone starts talking a certain way in front of you and you're like, well, they don't sound smart. <laughs> it's a lot of adjectives. And just little by little, people will then start to want to know, hey, how, what would you do in this situation? And people are going to start coming to you for advice. Then they're going to start sitting next to you in church. And then your area of influence will get bigger. And next thing you know, we get to heaven and there we are. And it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great day because when you get to heaven, you're going to be like, oh, I'm done. I did it. Some days it did feel like fighting a good fight. And other days it's like, yeah, well, no, that wasn't that bad. That's pretty easy. Other days you're going to feel the storm. But if we keep doing this, we'll have people around us to support us when it gets difficult. If we keep doing this, we build the church on the earth the way that Jesus intended. And that's the beauty of God is it's, it's not this, you know, every single one of us needs to save 5,000 souls before lunch. It's just simply knowing him. He sees us. He wants to speak to us. He cares about us. And so I want to close with this. We, um, every Sunday we have prayer people up here at the front at all of our campuses. I want to invite the prayer people on up and we'll just close in prayer. Um, and if you need prayer, get it. The way that I see prayer is it's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not this idea that you are, you know, your life is in shambles and, and, and everything's finally broken and there's no redemption. But like preventative maintenance. We don't have it all figured out. We need protection over our loved ones. We need wisdom. And I see it the way that I would see like a relay race. And you've got the one person running with the baton. And then, then it's the other person's turn to carry the baton. And so you might have been praying all week over a certain situation. But get prayer from someone and hand the baton off and say, can you now please pray for this? It's not a sign of weakness. It's just a different way of seeing the world and praying for those specific things. And so if you would, please bow your heads and we'll pray this. Father, we just thank you that you are faithful, that you don't give up on us, God, and 
with all the people in the world that you would still be attentive to this prayer and theirs at the same time. And Father, I pray for the people in this place, people under the sound of my voice. Give them the strength to believe what you spoke today. Give them the strength to walk in it. They are sons and daughters of the living God. Give them the boldness to get the prayer that they need. And if there's anybody here today that would like to take up their identity in Jesus Christ, begin to live with the Holy Spirit inside of them, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand boldly, confidently. If there's anybody who want to leave this place, the Holy Spirit living inside of them, confess that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. If there's anybody online, anybody at our campuses, just raise your hand. Now, everybody, please pray this with me. We got a few hands in here. I'm sure there's hands online. Please pray this with me together. Let's celebrate this with them. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I believe that he was buried and rose again and ascended into heaven. And one day he, he will come back. Holy Spirit, come and live inside of me. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we celebrate with those who raised their hands here today? Love you guys so much. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys next Sunday. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our love.